It's NFL Week 10, and your 2-7 Giants head down to Texas to scrap it out with 5-3 Cowboys. And I say scrap it out because undrafted free agent quarterback Tommy DeVito will get the start against one of the best pass rushes in the league. And because of that, most sports books have Dallas favored by a season-high 16.5 points. But hey, like they say, any given Sunday. On this week's episode of the Blue Rush Preview Show, we're talking about the biggest storylines going into Sunday, player interviews with Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton. And of course, we've got your player prop bets. And here's the gang, longtime Giants beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Super Bowl champ, rocking the stash, Lawrence Stash Times, my man. Listen, we got to switch it up, Brandon. Two and seven is not good enough. So I, I bought into the no-shave November. Looks like you have two. Paul is not playing the game. Uh, yeah, but huh? if you look... if you, and if you follow and understand mustaches, this is called the Chevron. Okay. Just look that up. I'm not even going to tell you anymore. Worn often by celebrities like Tom Selleck. So Uh-oh. that's what uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Magnum P.I., Detroit Tigers had, remember? Had the Doberman Pinchers. Also a little Travis Kelsey, right? Which is very okay. in vogue with oh. a lot of First of all, if you look close, I have- Give me I Tom have, Selleck over Kelsey. No, uh, um, Tom Selleck no. in those really short shorts, you know? No shave. That was a November. man's man. No shave. November means no shave. You did a selective shave, right? Well, you that's did a, fair. This, this, yeah. This is. A, did you have you ever had a beard in your life? I tried. It looks ridiculous. Um, I have patches here. Um, yeah. Bad testosterone or something. I blame my dad <laughs> for that. Although my dad can can my dad actually rocks a beard now. It's sixty nine years old. So uh, he's always had a nice beard. My 16-year-old son could probably grow a better beard than I can. So must be that Scottish blood. Yeah. And, Paul, since we're always getting on you with, like, rap lyrics and, like, hip-hop artists, uh, can you update me on who Tom Selleck is, please? Tom Selleck? Yeah. Uh, You know what? Here, I'll give you a more modern. Tom Selleck was the older boyfriend in Friends. Right. Uh, he was in Friends before he was in all his great shows before that. Tom Selleck was the sex symbol of the 80s, I guess. Right. Okay. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Magnum he, P.I. was one of the shows he was famous for. OK, yes. that and guy. He, all right. Yeah. 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 And he all was right. in Friends afterwards. I think he was um, um, Courtney Cox's older boyfriend. So that he, he was he, he, he spans generations. And he did have an awesome mustache. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know the 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 the, the single mustache with clean shaven that Lawrence is attempting was a big deal, and it's coming back now. It's kind of like a much you know his was much fuller than this, obviously. But if you go <laughs> Google him, you know my father has a great mustache had my whole life. He looks and resembles like Tom Selleck, and I'm not just wow. saying that. And my right. dad is from Michigan, and we always wore a Detroit ball cap, much like Tom Selleck. My dad is from Flint. Uh, but yeah, we're getting into the weeds here. Yeah. Good to of, see you guys. Clint was home of um, home of Call Banks, right? The uh, the greatest defender yeah. of uh, Avon Thibodeau. Yeah, and Reggie Williams, another great linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals. My dad went to yeah. high school with him. They were buddies. All right, we could talk stashes and Tom Selleck all show, but let's get to the show, guys. Uh, Paul, let's start off with the practice report. Any updates coming out of Quest Diagnostics Training Center? Um, uh, Aziz Ojolari, remember him? Remember him? He yeah. is uh, the, the clock has started on his practice. Um, 
He practiced on Wednesday. It sounds like he could play on Sunday. Um, we'll see about that. Sometimes guys need a week to kind of get back into it. it uh, Brian Dable almost made it sound like maybe that wouldn't be the case. So, I mean, I guess that helps, right? Um, Evan Neal was walking around the locker room in crutches um, and a boot. So um, mm. um, even Brian Dable said weeks, not days with him. Mm. So, look, um, I, uh, I talked to Evan Neal right after the game. He, he sprained his other ankle. He knew it was bad. You know, he knew it was bad. So, um um, you know, I would say he's probably an IR candidate. You won't see him for a while. I would guess you'd see Tyree Phillips at, um, at um, right tackle again. I know Lawrence has great affection for Phillips, thinks he's better than Evan Neal right now. So, you know, we'll see what that does. Um, other than that, I mean, they're <laughs> other than that, uh, uh, Mrs. Lincoln, what did you think of the show? I mean, uh, other than that, other than having their first and second quarterbacks hurt, um, um, and we'll get into Tommy DeVito. And look, you know, we, we'll, we're going to talk about the game and the point spread and they have no chance or they have a chance or whatever. But, um, you know, we'll get to it later. And, and and we shouldn't minimize that this is a great story. You know, Tommy DeVito is a great I don't know if it's a great story, but it's a great personal story for him. New Jersey guy. You know, he said he's, he's having a lot of family come to Dallas and, um, you know. Stranger things have happened, I guess. Um, not many, but stranger things have happened. You know, let's, you know, maybe, let me, uh, uh, here's, here's one unfortunate thing that uh, uh, Brian Dable un, uh, revealed on Wednesday. He calls him DeVitz at times. DeVitz. You mentioned him as DeVitz, and I said, really? DeVitz? He said, yeah, I've called him that. I said, oh, that's, that's a rough one, DeVitz. I don't like that. Yeah. That, no, DeVitz is no good. No, but it's yeah, a good because, thing. You know, when what, you know, agony of DeVitz is not a good headline, right? <laughs> So oh, um, I mentioned oh, don't you dare. So I so I said that to Dable in a quiet. I said, you know, the V. I don't like the Vs. He said, oh no, don't say that. I said, okay, Brian, how about you call him this, the Victory. Call him Tommy the Victory. Okay, that's good. Wait, wait, right? who that, said this, Dable? No, I, I, I just, I, I just, Daybolt said to me, "What did you ask me? You asked me something weird today, Schwartz." And I said, "Well, I just didn't like the whole Davitz thing because it, it it opens up a bad can of worms." And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, your headline writers can say agony of Davitz," and he said, "Oh no, come on, don't say that, don't say that." And I said, "Okay, call him De Victory then. That's better, you know, right?" Did he Tommy like that? Victory. Did, he, like that? did he fist pump you? No, he, he liked it better. He was in the elevator and he had a little plate of food and he was going to talk about important things, I'm sure, at the time. So he's like, yeah, OK, well, you know, yeah. You know, Abel had a small plate of food, not a large plate. <laughs> he did have a small plate of food. He did. He did. Yeah. But times that's a good thing when the head coach has a nickname for you. You know, if he goes down there and defeats Very. the Cowboys, I mean, I understand what he's going up against. But this here is New York. You go down there and play well. You become a star overnight. So, Tynes, I understand what he has stacked up against him. But do you yeah. like DeVitz going down against this Dallas pass rush? Man, I do. I, I, I think, listen, any given Sunday, and yes, are the, lo- are the odds huge? Yeah. It, it, there's, this is such a long shot, but it can happen. The, the, the Dallas Cowboys went to Arizona and got beat by Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals. So... I really like what I saw from from Devito Devitz. Uh, I'll call him Devito. I don't like Devitz either. Um, no. I really like what we saw from Tommy in the second half. Now, was he seeing things clearer? Yes, but he needs to stop running into sacks because everyone's going to say the offensive line played poorly. If you go back and watch the film of that game Sunday against the Raiders, the offensive line probably had one of their best games, and that includes Evan Neal. the The entire offensive line played well. Now. 
Andrew Thomas will say he didn't play well. That's great, but 90% Andrew Thomas is better than anything and most things in the league. So he's just being tough on himself. That offensive line played well. They were moving people off the football. I went back and watched the Giants' first drive against Dallas last night. We get the ball, obviously, inside the 10. The season spirals. You know, there's a pre-snap penalty. There's a bad snap by JMS, and then the blocked field goal. I think you can be functional with Tommy DeVito. He's athletic. He's pretty accurate. You do have to, obviously, keep him on his feet. And and I don't think you have to make everything quick. I really don't. I think there's going to be some play action. I think he can bootleg and do some of the things Daniel can do. And we saw a little bit underthrown. I think that may have just been nerves. I think he can throw a nice deep ball. So, listen, at 2-7, and seven, you if you're a real, real Giants fan, you have to be excited about watching a local kid from Don Bosco playing for his hometown team. I mean, what a cool story. Whether they win or not, I don't know, but. I'm excited to watch him. I really am. And I, I think they don't hold back with him this week. You saw the first game, obviously, he didn't against the Jets when he came in. Obviously, he didn't throw the ball downfield. Then you see the second game against the Raiders. Now, like you said, on that interception, they ran the deep crosser with the post route. You could see the crosser was there, but he wanted to take the shot. The kid has meddled. The kid wants to show that, mm-hmm. hey, I, I've got a grasp of this offense, which he continue, continuously shows. And he showed it during the preseason by getting the ball to Cole Beasley in the slot because it was there. So he'll take what's there. He went 15 for 20. But now I see the V's looking like, hey, I understand I have Jalen Hyatt on the outside, Darius Slayton, and I also have a Wandell Robinson that I can get. That's my Cole Beasley. That's my comfort level. I see him taking shots. Why not? He has nothing to lose. And this will be a great game for opportunity, Paul. It's a great opportunity for the young man. Look, a couple of things. First of all, you guys know practice, right? You guys have been in practice. You know practice. The, the third-string quarterback practice squad guy gets no reps, Zero. right? He, he's a scout. He's a he's not running the team's offense, right? He's running the Cowboys' offense this week. Uh, last week, he would have been running the Raiders' offense. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to let, – let's try to build a case that he can be better this week, right? And I agree with you, Lawrence. He, he looked okay in the second half – you know, last week in in, um, in Las Vegas. So he now gets every first team rep or, you know, 90% of them. Maybe they give Matt Barkley a couple of them. Um, he did not have that even as the backup. So um, that will benefit him. He said that, you know, I, I basically, you know, he said, um, you know, that, that uh, just to be able to rep the plays we're going to be running for the weeks and be able to throw with the guys I'm going to be throwing to. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to throw to the guys you're going to throw to in a game. Um, now, now, look, uh, he, as we said, he's a New Jersey guy. He's a Don Bosco guy. He went to Syracuse, right? You know, a lot of you know local connections there. Played there, you know, three years. Went to Illinois, did well at Illinois, and that kind of got him bumped up a little bit. So, you know, he's, I mean, maybe not, you know, not drafted, but he was on a little bit of NFL radar to get him, you know, a look in, 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 um, in training camps and things like that. I mean, the guy has the aura of a quarterback. Okay. That's what I would say Ooh. from being around him. You know what you know, so I'm not saying okay. on the yeah, yeah. field. I'm just saying there's a lot of cameras around him and people around him. He's not like, a deer in the headlights. Holy cow, what's going on here? I mean, he's been a quarterback. He's been a star quarterback in high school. He's been the starting quarterback in college. So I like that about him. Uh, and, and, and you know, ask it. this was shocking. He's a delightful guy. He really is. He said, you know, somebody said, is it, are you shocked? He goes, right? He goes, yeah, I think it's a shock to everybody. N- not to have one quarterback, but two quarterbacks go down. I mean, it's tough. 
You know, the quarterback position runs a team, and our first two are gone. Um, so I, I, I think, and, and, and I like what he said. He said, my first rule is always don't panic. And anything I do, the first thing I think about is don't panic. So I don't think he will panic. Now, look, if he has Michael Parsons coming from one way and, and Demarcus Lawrence come from the other way and he's got 0.02 milliseconds to throw, I mean, yeah, a little panic sets in there. But um, I think he is a quarterback. You know, he gets that sense. Um, I mean, I just think he'll be very overmatched in this game and that will be difficult. But, um, you know, I, I just don't think I mean, it, it's easy to make fun fans to make fun and and things like that you know and 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 um I, I i i try not to do that because this is a guy with a family and with with friends and um um you know far be it to me to to say he can't do it you know it's it's a very very tall order for him to do it obviously but um let's go see let's see yeah it's it's got a hollywood storyline he talked about two quarterbacks going down i said any given sunday remember willie beeman came off the bench and i understand that's a movie and all but if you he goes out and performs well forget the win but if he goes out out there and performs well he makes himself some money as as at least a career backup a cooper rush taylor heineke you stay in the league for a little bit uh but at the end of the day we just got to see well, one more thing, out. may I go may ahead, I add there, Brandon? Is is Bellinger and Cager are going to have to be big deals for him? You know, I, they always say a tight end is the quarterback's best friend, and I think there'll be some opportunities for Bellinger. The problem with that is they're going to have to keep him in a lot, right, and help with chipping against Demarcus Lawrence and 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 Parsons. So, but you have to get the tight end involved if you want a chance, just to to keep it respectable. Yep, that might be some three-yard kick. Chip, get out, that sort of thing. But absolutely, Daniel Bellinger is going to have to stay in and help out. Let's switch talking about quarterbacks because there's a lot going on, and you even commented on it, Ty. So I'm going to go to you on this one. Daniel Jones was kind of – he had the scrum, Paul, as you know. Everyone was over there. There were some questions that a lot of people are calling questionable. Uh, Tynes, talk about your tweet. Uh, about what Daniel was asked about his future with the New York Giants. Kind of break that down, man. Let's talk about that storyline for sure. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. And I, I just wanted to make sure I let everyone know I didn't like it. I thought it was chicken shit to ask somebody about a, a draft pick three days after you've been told your your season's over uh, due to a torn ACL. So whether people liked it, whether journalists who tweeted at me said it was a realistic question, I don't give a damn. I, I answered it from a player's perspective. I don't think that you do that in that that time. The guy's down. He's beaten. He's had a terrible season. And then you come at him with a question on chatter. What the hell is chatter? Are we asking people questions? Did this come from the organization? No. Did Joe Shane say we're going to look at quarterbacks? No. So I didn't like it. I said what I said. I stand behind it. Um, I just didn't like it. And I get it. You got to ask questions. But for me, whether it was right or wrong, I just answered it the way I thought I should have answered it. And maybe defended Daniel a little bit, give the man some space. You know, he's just been told, you know, he's had a rough go here. Paul, you shake shake your head. That's fine. Paul's not, Paul, listen, that's fine. Paul's a journalist. I'm not, but I just, I responded to the tweet like a player, like a player. I, I, look, Lawrence, you're a player and, 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 and I would hope you would defend your quarterback like that. Right. But look, here's a couple of things. First of all, do you think Daniel was surprised to get that question? No, he knew the question was coming. Second of all, this wasn't in the locker room. Have you ever prefaced a question by all the girly chatter out there? 
Well, and then I, ask I, a question. I, I'm not going to critique. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to critique other I people's will. questions. I can. Uh, yeah, yeah that, I that's fine. That's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. Look, Whoever the hell that is, guy is. Is the difference between um, a guy sitting in his locker, you know, ten minutes after the game ended in Las Vegas, right? Like this, and asking him if he thinks his career is over with the Giants. Okay, this is several days later. Um, the diagnosis has been made. Daniel has not spoken about it since. And, um, you know, he broke down, you know, what happened. You know, he said that he definitely buckled on the last play of the first quarter. And he, he, he went to the sideline and he kind of, you know, jogged a little bit. He, you know, Dable said, you're okay. He said, I'm okay. Should they have not let him back in the game? He said he was okay. You know, um, he went back in. Obviously, he wasn't okay. As he, you know, he fell down, you know, on his back pedal. And that was that. Um, I'm sure he tore his ACL on the last play of the first quarter, you know, um, um, I, 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 it doesn't sound like he did more extensive damage. Um, they said it's it ACL and not other ligaments, which is good. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure of that, but that's what, you know, Daniel said quickly, but as far as asking him, um, about his future, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, if you phrase it quite correctly, because look, that's what everyone is thinking about. No one is looking at Daniel Jones and saying his career is over. This is a career ending injury. You know, unfortunately, Daniel can go look at like almost 10 teammates, right, that have had ACLs. I mean, on offense, Justin Pugh, Saquon Barkley, Matt Pert, um, Wandale Robinson, right? I mean, it, it, you know, he can just have a have, have, have bring guys out for coffee and drinks. How could you leave out Sterling Shepard? Sterling Shepard, right. I mean, he's had it all. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Darian Beavers. Um, um, there's, there's so many guys you can talk to. So we know what this is. It's a cookie cutter injury. That's the, you know, the, the, so so I'm saying that he, his career is not over. His Giants career is not over because he's on the team next year no. because of the salary caps. But I think it is fair to say, Daniel, um, you know, I know you're not thinking about this right now, or maybe you are, but have you given any thought to what happens when you're healthy next year with the quarterback situation and your starting job? I think that's a fair question. No, that that is, but that's not what was asked. What was asked was, what do you make of all this chatter about the Giants drafting a quarterback? That's a completely different question than what does your future look like? Fair, right? And listen, the guy can ask the question all he wants. I just responded how I wanted to respond. I'm not saying that he's wrong or I'm right. I just think asking about speculation and nothing that's been said by someone from the organization you know how they well, hit the Daniel, gavel speculation daniel your a, honor yeah, no, if daniel right? was a different kind of guy right he might have said um i'm not aware of that chatter can you tell me where that chatter comes from and if the, yes. and if then it, then it was said well on twitter and 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 some prognosticators oh, and a lot then of you writers, look like a you know well, what then, well then, then daniel could have said when the chatter comes from my team Mm. then I will address it. And mm. until it does, I won't. You know what I mean? So I'm saying, but Daniel's not that kind of guy. You know, he's not. Paul, are you looking for a PR job with the Giants post, post career, post, post career? Who, me? You could, you could teach these young men and <laughs> you know what? answer these I questions. Could, I could teach these young men a lot because, um, um, you know, Ooh. and I think they, they do get training, but I think, I think it's, it's I different. think it's, under, I think it's underserved. I really do. I do think, players are underserved in, in a sense to, um, re, you know, if you, you want to get a group of guys together and say, look, do you guys really want to be trained for this? And I'm not saying to lie or to not be yourself, but it's important to, to know, look, at your lowest moment, I'm going to come at you with these five questions. Okay. And, mm. and you got to have to handle it. That's all. I mean, and you can handle it by being combative, by being a jerk, by being 
non-confrontation, whatever. But, you know, you can be Jackrabbit, right? And say, no, mm, no. Remember Jackrabbit? Yeah, when you he gave you nothing, um, yeah. No comment. No comment. You know, who was the best player you've ever seen, Paul? Best player you've ever covered with regards to handling criticism or losses? All right. Eli for 16 years was great because Eli would, you know, would not let it become personal with him. Um, Eli was great. Um, uh, Kerry Collins was really good. You know, a quarterback back then was really good. Uh, Tiki was good, but Tiki could get a little sensitive, certainly, you know, like like most people could. Um, um, I didn't make your how, list. Thanks. No, yeah, I'm going to say I'm trying to think how you were. You were good, but you could be a little feisty. You know, Ooh, I mean, sure. You def, you well, you see that today me. as I defend my quarterback I've never played for. I Yeah, I also, I I also think feisty. specialists and kickers, you know, it's, it's a rough thing. You know, I remember uh, uh, talking to Casey Kreider earlier this year or something like that. And I said, when someone like me walks over to you, you know, right. It's not it's not to say, you know what? You had four snaps last game, and they were all good. Let's talk about those. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not the way it works. Pa- hey, That's Paul, true. to stay on to stay on the player to media type relationship, you say that uh, it would be good for players to get some sort of media training. Do you think that media should get some sort of player training as well? How to ask, how, like how to talk to these guys? Because let's talk about another report that's that kind of uh, uh, goes with this situation. The report that Xavier McKinney, when he came out and he said, like, oh, we're not being listened to. A lot of people and a lot of players, the guys that I spoke to in the locker room yesterday said that that was framed like it was Xavier McKinney or the players up against the coaches. Like there's some sort of narrative that's being put out there that there's division with in the locker room you saw or you felt the atmosphere what the atmosphere was like those guys didn't want to talk to anybody because a lot of them were saying you know we don't want one line to be the headline and now it looks like there's some sort of division within the locker room is there some sort of etiquette when it comes to taking a clip or taking a soundbite and make and pushing some sort of narrative. Do you think the writers should have some sort of uh, training on that? I guess is, is the question or is it just no holds barred? What is the classic refrain? You took what I said out of context, right? Or you didn't, you didn't use my whole quote. You know, you use this part of the quote and then this second part of the quote where I kind of explained that you didn't use that. Um, Look, I, I, we can get into this. We can do a whole segment on this, you know, a whole show on this. I'm, I'm just first of all, I don't comment on other people's reports. I really don't. You know, what I mean, I, I, I for, for many years, I have not done that because um, that wasn't my report that Xavier McKinney said. Um, he kind of cleared it up a little bit the next day. He had a he had a function, you know, giving out turkeys or giving out something. And he kind of, you know, said, we're cool with this. Um, do I think the locker room is in tatters and, and, and it's us against them? I don't. Um, you know, I think, you know, I also think you have to look at the player. Some players you can kind of wind up to say things and some players you can't. And and it is my job to kind of locate the guys you can and try to get them, you know, and sometimes at a vulnerable moment and maybe they'll spill on something. And as long as I frame it accurately, look, look what I do and what you guys do are different, you know, and but but and 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 the one thing is a lot of players will look at someone like me and said he's trying to get dirt and rip the team apart and. Some some writers and journalists do try to do that. I just try to report accurately. If the locker room is in trouble, right, like it was in 2017, right, Ben McAdoo, then I need to report that and I need to ferret that out to see what's going on. If it's not, then I need to find out that. Um, 
But yeah, look, I, I just think it's a big thing. You guys know, you know, you get a microphone, somebody comes over to you. Um, I'm talking to you. Was that on the record? Was that off the record? Um, you know, some of these guys who played for these big schools, they're kind of used to it. But sometimes they're not because they get pampered at these big schools. You know, you think of these at Ohio State, Michigan and Alabama, you know, um, you know, the writers are running around the locker room. They're not. You know what I mean? It's very orchestrated, um, you know, and, 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 and things like that. So um, it's it's look, it's a big thing. Look, look, Evan Neal said some really bad things. Right. And that was then. And, and to his credit, um, he didn't say it to me. He said some really bad things about the fans. Um, he never said I was quoted out of context. He never said that's not what I meant. He said, well, I, I, I came off and that was bad. And I, I was you know, that was a mistake. And I apologize. And I give him credit for that. Uh, let's talk about a, one of your reports. You reported on Leonard Williams calling the, his trade classy. Let's, let's, let's get on the positive note here, man, because I think this was great move by Joe Shane, uh, a great PR move for Joe Shane in this, I guess you'd say, administration, this front office, having a player traded at the deadline come out and say this was something classy. I think this helps for free agents down the road in terms of wanting to come in and play for a GM like that. Uh, can you talk about Leonard Williams, that trade, and, and kind of your report on him saying that that it was a classy move by the organization well you know I, I heard Leonard's remarks when he first got to Seattle and he was very you know you know I have nothing but good thing to say about the Giants that's fine that's typical and then he said well I like the way the negotiations went and you know I think they handle it with great respect and I'm thinking why are they nego- you know that's a weird word to say about a trade negotiations you know it's like you know you get treated with respect, but it's not a negotiation. You're going to Seattle. And I kind of did a little research and, and heard that, they, you know, that maybe they gave Leonard a, an opportunity to stay. So um, I, I got a hold of his agent, Brandon Parker, who is a um, the son of a, a really a legendary NFL um, agent, Eugene Parker, who passed away last year. And he said, you know, I'm glad you called because I really wanted out there what the Giants did here, but I didn't want to just come out and say it on social media because it looks like, um, you know, the other agents will say, oh, you just, you know, you're kind of sucking up to the Giants here. And he kind of laid it out for me. Um, he didn't tell me exactly that Leonard was given veto power, but I found out um, from other people that that is indeed the case. But, you know, and, and I think it's very rare. You know, I mean, they, they, they call Leonard around, uh, Joe Shane called Leonard Williams into his office around 11 o'clock on Monday, right? The trade deadline was the next day at 4 p.m. and said, um, um, Leonard, here's what we're, we're thinking here. You know, we got a real, really good offer from Seattle. Uh, we'd like the compensation. We will do the deal. Um, we want to ask you, you know, we respect you. We love you. And um, if you don't want to go, you won't go. OK, we have some other offers, but I don't think they're going to be as good. Um, why don't you go home? Think about this. Call your agent. Call whoever else you want. We need an answer by 4 p.m. today. That was Monday because um, in order to do the deal, a lot of money was going to have to change. The Giants going to have to, you know, change his contract and give him a nine million dollar signing bonus so you know um all, all that needs to be done before 4 p.m today um so leonard you know and, and and um you know his agent told me i got a call from leonard and leonard never calls me he just texted me and i said this better not be what i think it is he better not be calling me and telling me i just been traded you know the giants just said they traded me and leonard said no this is what we're thinking this is what we're thinking and leonard didn't like bail on the team he said okay um i'm you know they want to trade me. Okay, so that means something, obviously. And um, Seattle's a good team. I guess he, he felt he could, you know, play for two months in Seattle. Don't forget, he doesn't have a contract for next year. And they're they're you know they were five and two at the time, I think. So I'm going right into playoff contention. And he said, okay, I'll do it. So I mean, I think it's very unusual. I know Lawrence has a story which I'm eager to hear right now. But um, a player giving veto power, and I asked Kayvon Thibodeau 
Bobby Okereke and Darius Slayton in the locker room yesterday. What did that say to you? And Bobby Okereke said that it, it means that, you know, they're going to treat us with class and respect. And that's a great thing. Uh, Slayton said, um, um, look, we look around the locker room, we're having a really bad year. And it tells me that they're not going to bail on players and they're going to give us a say. And, you know, Kayvon, who's a little bit of a contrarian, said, well, that tells me if I if that was in my situation, I would want to go to a team that wants me and not a team that wants to trade me. And it's like if you have a girlfriend and says, I want to see somebody else. Are you still going to be nice to her? Are you going to get out of it and go find somebody else? But Kayvon also did say really interestingly, I hope he said that was classy. And I hope that when my time comes, he didn't say if my time comes, said, I hope if my time, when my time comes, they treat me with that respect. So um, it did resonate. It wasn't, you know, these guys aren't walking around the locker room saying, freaking Joe Shane just gave away our player and, you know, they don't care about us. So I think that does resonate moving forward. Times, you got a story for us? Well, yeah, you know, I was traded to the Giants in 2007. Uh So uh, very, very similar story, actually, uh, to Leonard's, albeit 16 years later. Um, Contract dispute, which typically happens, restricted free agent. I probably thought I was better than I probably was, but that's just the NFL player, right? Um, They offered me a four-year deal. I said, nope, I'll sign this restricted tender and go about my business. They, of course, drafted Justin Medlock, who lasted exactly one game in the NFL with the Chiefs that year. Anyway, they drafted a kid in the fifth round out of UCLA. Writing's on the wall. Lawrence, you got to find a partner, somebody that wants to trade for you. So three teams, all offering seventh-round pick. Carl Peterson, our general manager at the time for the Chiefs. And I don't think I'd talk to this guy maybe once in my life. Second time was probably when they were trading me, maybe third time. Brings me into his office. He says, Lawrence, look, I'm going to give you the option here. Every team is offering the same thing. And, of course, my relationship with Thomas McGahee, and uh, he was at New York. I turned down two two dome teams, guys. I turned down two domes to come to New York City. So that was a roll of the damn dice. But, boy, was I right. We won a Super Bowl in 07. Um, So that was fun. But, anyway, just to circle back on the same thing that happened to Leonard, Really classy by the Kansas City Chiefs to uh, handle it that way. My wife was pregnant. You know, I was a young player. They gave me the option. Uh, I thought that was really, really cool of the Chiefs to do and let me pick my destination. And as they say, I chose wisely. But but they didn't give you a chance to veto a trade. You know what I mean? And and also, oh no, no. And and, but I wanted to leave. I requested the trade. Right, right, right. And also, and I also think there were there were two other teams. the Bills were interested. You know, Joe Shane has a great relationship with the Bills. And the 49ers came in late with Leonard Williams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, but they, I don't think they would have come up to the wow. second round pick, but both the Bills and the 49ers were interested. And and I think if the compensation was the same, um, I believe that they would have told Leonard, where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what do the sure. Giants care if it's Seattle yeah. or the 49ers or the Bills? They don't, they don't, they don't, you know, it's not like they're trading them to the Cowboys or the Eagles or the Commanders. So they, they you know, so they, they would have done that. But I thought the veto thing was really interesting. And, you know, I, I saw some fans interaction and thinking like, really, Joe Shane, if he said he wanted to stay, he would have passed up a second round draft pick. Um, look, he said, he, you know, I mean, I mean, Joe Shane hasn't publicly come out and said anything, but um, they value the guy. And you know what? He's a rental in Seattle. You know, there's a chance that maybe when all is said and done, Leonard Williams comes back. Remember Aroldis Chapman sure. with the Yankees? Yep. 
they trade him yeah. away and then they got him back. I don't think it will happen, but if it doesn't happen, it won't be because Leonard Williams and the Giants have burned any bridges. That won't be the reason. You know, which is interesting. That report, great job, Paul. That report is going to be used in free agency pitches when the offseason comes up. This is the type of organization or this is the type of GM that players, when they come in or when they're dealing with contract disputes or just anything when it comes to their deal, this is the type of GM that they're going to be dealing with. And like you said, Tynes, you gamble, you roll the dice, <laughs> you got two of them things because of it. So uh, hats off to you, Tynes. Wrap up these storylines before we talk to Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton in the locker room. Well, it's a busy week, you know, injury, Xavier McKinney news, which I didn't get to comment on. Uh, Two and seven breeds a lot of this kind of stuff, right? There's going to be chatter. There's going to be comments made. Losing sucks in the NFL. So try and win some damn football games, and it'll change the narrative. All right. I talked to Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, about anything and everything, including is the locker room divided? Plus, Sterling Shepard gave us a little insight on his conversation with Daniel Jones. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk to Sterling Shepard about where this team is mentally uh, at this point of the season. Shep, you've kind of went through seasons like this during your tenure here with the Giants. What do you say to the guys going forward on how they approach the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not a situation that we that we all want to be in. Um, you know, you want to win games. But uh, I think during this point in time, it's very important to keep – the guys uplifted and um, let them know we still got a lot of games to play. So uh, we got to come out here and prepare the way that we know we're supposed to and uh, try to make the best of, of the rest of the season. Like I said, we still have, what, eight games, so um, still got a while to go. We got to be able to, to fight through it. Eight games is a long time, man, especially in this league. And like you said, you still got to prepare the way that you're supposed to. You guys are professionals, but how do you still have fun with it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a game that we've all been playing since we were kids. So, uh, you know, boiling it back down to that and um, trying to reiterate to guys that this is a game at the end of the day, and uh, you have to enjoy it. But, I mean, losing is no fun. I don't care uh, whether it's a game or uh, something serious. You don't ever want to lose. So uh, I understand guys' frustration, but uh, you got to kind of channel that into – to something else or a different direction. We're about a week removed from the trade deadline. Were you surprised that you were still here, you didn't get traded for uh, after the deadline passed? Not really. You know what I mean? I I try not to pay attention to any of that type of stuff, so um, don't really let it phase me. Well, you're a guy that's got a lot of run. you got a lot of tread on your tires. Have you put work in for this organization? How do you keep yourself, or where are you mentally for the rest of the season, mindset-wise? Yeah, I mean, for me, just approaching every day the same way. Try to be the same guy every day. Um, come to work, work work hard at whatever I'm doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, not try to let my situation affect the way that I come to work every day. Uh, try to help other guys in any way I can. And, 
yeah, just uh, stay strong mentally. One of the ways you help guys is with your energy, man. I think with, at MetLife Stadium on game day, me and you the most hyped guys out there, you know. Um, but how do you keep that going? How do you yeah. keep that? How do you keep it up, man? The spirits up. Come on, talk to me. Yeah. Uh, I think just because my brothers, like, that's why I play for. I play for these guys. And so, uh, you know, as it, it, tough as it is at times, um, you know, I still try to give my guys that energy because I love them. I'm like my brother. So uh, that makes it easy for me. Have you got a chance to talk to Daniel Jones since everything's happened? And uh, what was that conversation like? Yeah, just talking to him about, uh, you know, who did my surgery, how I felt, you know, and uh, just let him know if he has any questions or anything about what's upcoming, uh, that I'll be here for him as a resource and uh, just let him know I'm here for him. That's all I can do. Was that rough to kind of have that conversation? Yeah, it's always rough. I don't care who it is, and that's like my brother, so um, it's definitely tough on me having to have that conversation, but... You know, that's that's what we sign up for. That's the, the nature of the business. Um, but mentally, he's so strong. I'm not I'm not worried about him. He'll be all right. I right, appreciate that, Chef. All right, appreciate you. I'm in the locker room with wide receiver Darius Slayton. Uh, Slay, you got a rookie quarterback starting this week. How has the receiver room kind of had to adjust how you guys do things? Um, just trying to figure out what he likes, you know, how he – uh, sees the game. You know, every quarterback sees the game a little different. Likes likes route spec specifications different. So just trying to get on the same page with him. What have you seen from Devito throughout the course of these last three weeks? Um, he's a he's a, a gamer. You know, I, I think he's <clears throat> he's got a little a little moxie is the word people like to use. Um, you know, I think he gets out there in the game and he gets comfortable. He gets in a groove and he's he's capable to make all the throws and. Um, we believe in him and, you know, looking forward to playing him this week. My rookie year, Strahan and O.C. used to say moxie all the time. How's the moxie within the receiver's room? Where's you guys mental? Um, deep pause, deep pause. <laughs> uh, I mean, positive, man. You know, we just, as receivers, you know, all you can do is go out there and get open and catch the ball when it comes your way, you know, and, you can't get caught up in how the game goes or maybe how the game goes for you individually. You know, for receivers, it's really easy to look in the game and be like, oh, I had one or two targets, and, you know, you want to have 50, <laughs> you know. But the reality is is um, every game is different, and you just have to make the most of the opportunities when they come your way. You're one of the vets in the room. How do you guys – how do you keep the guys – from allowing two and seven to affect the way that they prepare and when it comes to having fun with the game. Yeah, um, I think just kind of reminding people that you're 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 always fighting for not just one thing. You're fighting to win, but you're fighting for your family, your job. You know, you're you have a lot to to go hard for. You know, so even if maybe things aren't going your way, it's not always about you. You got to look at the team. You got to look at the people you need to take care of and, and allow those things to motivate you. All right, man. Appreciate you for sure. I appreciate Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard for being as real as they can be. Obviously, right now, there's you can see the hesitation to answer some of these questions because, like we talked about earlier, uh, a soundbite can get blown up on social media. At times, you didn't get a chance to really talk about your thoughts and feelings on the whole Xavier McKinney situation. Uh, Floor's yours, man. Floor's yours because I feel like this kid's um, getting he's getting drug in the mud for for something overblown yeah and listen there's a double-edged sword here right he he is a leader he is a captain i love xavier mckinney we've had him on this show 
I love what he's about. Very mature, very thoughtful guy when he answers questions. He always said, I want to be a gold jacket type. He's that kind of player. He hasn't had the kind of season this year. Um, obviously, the hand injury affected maybe his status in the locker room last year. I really do think that happened within the organization. It's why they haven't re-signed him. Uh, not making enough splash plays. But when you lose, guys, two and seven, a lot of frustrations come out. And, and Xavier McKinney's a vocal player. He's a captain. Uh, he kind of spoke his mind a little bit. And is he right or wrong? Listen, Antro Roll did the same thing in 2011 at, at, in the offseason. In January or February, I believe, he spoke out. Um, it, it's okay. Players in the locker room, just from a player's perspective, leadership should maybe address it. He is leadership. But again, Justin Tuck addressed that Antro Roll situation publicly uh, by making statements, hey, I will talk to Antrell about this. Somebody in that locker room maybe did or didn't. I hope they did. I hope an Andrew Thomas or, you know, somebody went up to him and said, hey. But again, I think they missed, you know, last week you could say the defense was a little flat. I think they really missed Leonard Williams. I think they missed maybe something he brings to the team. They felt not whole going out there because that defense didn't look good early. They really didn't. But uh, McKinney losing, things like this happen in the locker room just for the public's uh, knowledge out there. It, it's not that big a deal as long as it doesn't fracture the team. Uh, but they are great click clickbait type stories. And if he said it, he said it. Uh, you can phrase it however you want to, to say Xavier McKinney blasts the defensive coaches, whatever people are going to read the story. But I like Xavier McKinney. Um, you know, he's just a little bit disgruntled this season. Paul and Brian Dable addressed the conversation, didn't really give much, but he said he did speak to Xavier. Um, I mean, it was obviously Brian Dable coaches talk, but do you feel like something's there? Um, um, here, here's what I found interesting is that, you know, you know, the offense is so bad, right? And and so you figure there would be talk about the offense. This is Xavier McKinney talking about the defense. You know, have we ever talked about Wink Martindale and like, you know, he's lost the defense or, you know, he's got to pick it up. So that was very interesting to me that Xavier said, you know, they're not listening to the leaders, you know, in, in on defense. So I'm not 100% sure at all what that means. Um, um, I, I don't think it was a big deal. I do think everyone's antenna has to be up when a team is losing like this. Um, you know, but I don't look at this as a situation where the defense is playing unbelievably lights out and the team can't score. Now, you know, in Buffalo, the defense had a winning effort. There's no question about it. Against the Jets, the defense had a winning effort until you know, the last 24 seconds of the game. Um, so, you know, but I, I look at like the Crosstown rivals, the Jets, whose defense is playing better than the Giants defense and their offense is really letting them down. And, you know, then you always look for, look, I've been doing this for a lot of years. You look for the fractures, you know what I mean? Look, I covered a Giants team that could score, remember? And the, the defense was the worst ever. And Tom Coughlin was doing crazy things. Tom Coughlin was going for it. He was not punting. And I remember people saying, Tom, what are you doing? He said, I know my team better than anyone else. And what he was saying was, I know that we need to score. We can't kick a field goal. We need to score. If it's fourth down, we need to go for it. Because if we kick, if we punt the ball back to the defense, uh, the other team, and our defense on a the field, they're not going to stop them, you know? So, you know, you do what you got to do. Um, look, there'll be more of this. You know, there'll be more of this coming out. And, um, you know, it's just the way it is. As Lawrence said, you know, when, 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 the, when the team is – when you got two wins after nine games and maybe two wins after ten games after this week um, – you know, the fractures, if they're there, you know, people will look for them. There's no question. 
And that's unfortunate because the defense has been the strong point on this team, and you're talking about a Dallas Cowboys offense that puts up points. This defense cannot break. There could be no division, whether it be between the coaches and the players on this one. So we always talk about, or they've, they always, they've told us about how the defense has these accountability meetings, Paul. You know, how they're able to get right, say what's on their chest, times. Um, going into this week, after these reports come out, if you're a Wink Martindale, do you kind of allow the senior leadership or, or your captains or your defensive captains, your specialists to come in and, and give more input? Or are you just like, you know what, I'm Wink Martindale. This is my defense. This is how we're running it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, come on, I don't know what to I don't know where to go with this, man. It's like, it was like. It's I, tough. I, I, Listen, this is, there's going to be a lot of this when you're two and seven. Everything's yeah. nasty. Everything tastes bad. Everything looks bad. I think Wink Martindale is the kind of guy that will put his arm around Xavier McKinney yeah. and say, what the bleep are you doing? Yeah, but Xavier McKinney will in turn answer him in a, in a fatherly son type of way. I don't think that Wink's going to go read him the riot act, bench him. You know, listen, he understands it's an emotional football game. Football's an emotional game. And I think Wink's the kind of guy, put your arm around Xavier and say, talk to me. What, what's on your mind? And then they will come together. This is the best unit on this team. I think they'll play well the rest of the year. I don't think they'll fracture. They are really just frustrated because, my God, what are we averaging? Ten points a game? It's disgusting. Like, what the offense has put out there through nine games is disgusting. Like, it's terrible. So there's going to be a little bit of animosity between those groups. I don't think it will rear its ugly head. But this thing can't keep scoring ten points through the next eight games. Or I'm sorry, yeah, eight games. It, it just can't happen. You have to figure out a way to score points, and I think you can. Go play, figure it out. But, yeah, Xavier McKinney's going to be fine. Everyone likes to pile on a good story. It was a good story for a day, but that's the best side of the ball. I think Wink is going to let the players, like he always has, have suggestions and make input on the on the game plan. So it was just frustration, right? They gave up some big plays early, got in a hole, got beat 30-6. Final thoughts. Paul, we'll go with you, then I'll go. And Tynes, as always, you kick us home. Final thoughts, Paul. Look, it's a rough, rough situation. You know what I mean? Third-string quarterbacks, undrafted, you know, undrafted quarterbacks are, are, are you know, they, 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 they don't start many games. Now, you know, it seems like this is the season they have started some games. But, um, um, you know, it's a rough deal. Uh, the Giants are, are, are a fragile team right now. Um, you know, Dallas is coming off a loss to the Eagles, right? They played well. It's a loss to the Eagles. They're going to be home. They're going to be salivating. Um, you know, they love sticking it to the Giants. Um, I've been many games at AT&T Stadium, and most of them do not turn out well, and most of them are not close. Um, 95,000 people there. It's, you know, it's big screen. It's it's no place to hide. Um, so I, I, I don't see a good outcome for the Giants at all. Um, you know, I could see, like I said, a 27 to 10 or a – uh, 30 to, to, to nine kind of game. I just, it just, you know, it, it, it's, it's too much for the giants here. Um, you know, will they show us something? Maybe it would be nice if they did, um, you know, 16 and a half points is a big spread and um, I don't think they cover it. You know, if I was mm -hmm. Brian Dable, I, I, I'm going to remind these guys that forget the, forget the records, forget who you're playing. 
the opportunity is there. That's the best thing about NFL football. And times can tell you, if you're an undrafted guy like a Tommy DeVito, if you're a practice squad guy like a Tyree Phillips, if you're a guy like Jordan Riley and Leonard Williams has been traded away, the opportunity is right there for you. And it's going to be America's game on Fox. So whether you're playing for dollars or contract extension or to stick on here in New York, you're also it's also a preseason game almost to where every NFL team, GM, and scouts are going to be watching and evaluating this game just in case you get released, just in case something happens down the road and you become available. Forget everything. Forget the media. Forget everything. Forget, forget what your parents talk about, your friends. It doesn't matter. Go out there and compete against one of the league's best. Offensive linemen, you're going against one of the best uh, pass rushers or, and, and pass rushing defenses in the league. The opportunity is there for you to show up on tape. Go up. Do it. Play for the guy next to you. And then whatever happens, happens. Because, again, you don't need Jamie Foxx to know when it comes to the NFL, it's any given Sunday. Tynes, kick us home. Well, that was well said. Um, you know, as a guy who scored the first points in that stadium, hey. I did. I also closed out the game that day with the game winner. So I feel like I own that place just a little bit. Um, the Giants just got to go down here. You signed the wall, did you? You didn't sign the wall. I didn't sign the wall. That's an Eli Manning thing. I thought that yeah. was classless. Way to be classless, Eli signing a wall. No, I actually would have had I known about it. Um, sure. And big bubbles, big bubble lettering. I would have. They would have had to really get some paint to cover up my signature. Um they just got to go down here and, and and listen, I think that a little bit of the pressure is off this team for some reason, because look, they're two and seven. No one's going to expect anything out of them. I think that will help them some. Tommy DeVito is going to play free. Who the hell expects anything out of Tommy DeVito? Not many people, maybe himself, but he is going to get to play a little bit of carefree football. You can't turn it over and you can't have pre-snap penalties. The Cowboys are a much better football team. Go play hard. Don't embarrass yourself or your team. We know what you are. A lot of Giants fans might be real happy if you lose. Uh, I won't be because I want you to win, and I think you can win with Tommy DeVito. But the Cowboys are in another category in this league. Um, give me the give me the Cowboys 27-14. So uh, I think it's, you know, a blowout. Uh, but I think it can be, you know, a competitive game for the most part early. But they're just going to get worn down. This, this, this offense has really become dynamic for Dallas. All right, that's a wrap on the show. And uh, to all the fans that, that come up to me at the games and they're like, oh, times is hilarious. Paul really gave it to you on that, uh, on that DJ back and forth. I want to thank you guys because there are a lot of outlets and content creators out there that you can get your Giants news and podcasts. So thank you to the fans who choose Blue Rush each week. If you're a rookie to the show, then you can get all Blue Rush on all the podcast platforms and you can watch all the Blue Rush videos on the New York Post Sports and, oh yeah, throw that flag up and SNY's YouTube channel. We still believe we're still hype here, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, Let's go defeats! (laughs) New videos, podcasts released Mondays after the games and Thursdays heading into the week ahead. For Paul Schwartz, Lauren Tynes, and our entire production crew thank you to our production crew and thank you guys for watching blue rush hold it high times there we go